Disclaimer, this first episode of the podcast is a bit more sensitive and serious of a situation than future episodes will consist of. The future guests this week and most likely more to come, Lana Stanek and I will be speaking upon the process of voting in this upcoming election. Though we are only going over the Democratic and Republican candidates, we highly suggest that you go and do your own research on the third parties available. We will not be going over each and every viewpoint that these candidates have, but we will focus on the most popular subjects. Also, Lane and I do not claim to know everything that there is to know about politics, and we encourage you to choose the candidate that your values align with. Though we may personally be biased towards a specific candidate, that does not mean that we are against hearing the opposite side's opinion. We believe in personal choice until it begins to hurt other living citizens. Embrace your power of choice, and most importantly, be kind. All facts talked about in this podcast will either be sourced on the blog or are alleged facts that we have heard of. With all that being said, let's get into the podcast. Lena, sending you the link, Lena. I'm sending you the link, Lena. Lena, I'm sending you the link. Don't you go away. Hello, my friend. Hello. 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 <laughs> well, I'm trying to log in. This okay, so this iPod. Look at that iPod. Is too old to download the app Google Docs. So I'm gonna see if I can log in on the browser. Oh my god. I do have the document because I was thinking about how I would have to like read everything and I was like I was oh. so stressed. <laughs> I'm wondering if I can just screenshot it real quick and then send it to this iPod. Oh you could probably do that too. Okay, let me see. Try that. I have this as a backup, I guess. I'm dropping everything. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Screw the podcast. We don't even need it. We're back. Oh, or we're are, back. You, are you not back? You're not back. I'm about to take my <laughs> Wait, what? I was about to take my meds before I forget. Oh, take your meds. <laughs> I'm going to drink this. <laughs> There's some things that I think that you are better suited to talk about. Because, like, you know. Is it the gay stuff? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know. Because, like, cause like, gay. Because, like, gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also, like, things that you know more about and that you put most of the information on. So, oh. those are we'll all see. you, my friend. We'll see if I know more. I mean, you wrote it. So, the first thing we wanted to talk about was voting, because that was the main purpose yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> how to do it and why they should. Um, I have a little thing written down. Um, it says the right... Um, for all citizens to vote in the United States unbiased of their sex uh, was established as the 19th Amendment of the Constitution. Um, in the 1800s, women petitioned and organized protests to have their right uh, to vote. Finally, on May 21st, 1919, the House of Representatives passed the amendment and the Senate followed words. Um, <laughs> it was certified by the Secretary of State on August 26th of 1920. I don't think that sways anybody to want to vote more, but that's the background on it. I mean, if you have the right to vote, and, and especially for women, for people of color who had to fight for the right to vote, I think it's so much more important to exercise that right and to make sure that you're using it to speak for yourself. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> I understand. So there's on Facebook, I found it because it was helpful to me. Um, but it was the 2020 U.S. election. It's like a voting information center. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it's on the side of your Facebook, and it's pretty cool. I've seen um, it pop up, but I haven't looked at it yet. 
Yeah, um, there's, you can add in your location and it will update you on like the deadlines that are in your area for voting um, by mail and person, that kind of stuff. Um, it allows you to register to vote, uh, check voter registration, request a ballot in the mail, uh, learn about the voting by mail, find early voting information, uh, tips on early voting, and then um, voting information for military and overseas citizens. And then uh, you can also register to be a poll worker, which is fancy. They need those this year. There is also a, um, if you text the word voter to 26797, um, you can see the following, which is eligibility. Uh, you can request a mail-in ballot. Um, you can find out where to drop ballots in the secure drop boxes, which I should do. Um, and then how-tos on uh, the process of voting um, early in person or through the mail or drop off. Some things to remember <laughs> if you're voting by mail, um, sign the envelope, seal it, and uh, don't use tape. And then find out if postage is needed, uh, get a witness signature or notary. I don't know what that means, but apparently it's a thing. Um, and then mail it by October 20th, so you know it gets there on time. And then if uh, voting in person, yes. Oh, sorry. The witness signature might depend on the state. I'm not sure. But I was going to say, I know in Pennsylvania, um, there's the whole thing about like naked ballots, where you have to put your ballot in the envelope and then put that envelope in the bigger envelope that, that you then have to mail. And if you don't do it the right way, your vote won't be counted. So it's super important to look up how to do, how to mail your, your ballot in. Why do they make it so hard? You know why. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> what a fun time. If voting in person, uh, don't forget your ID. Um, and then I said, be civil to those around you and then wear a mask. Because it's important. <laughs> wear a mask. <laughs> wear your mask. Please. Uh, you can also call the election protection hotline, which is 866-R-VOTE um, with any problems. And then, Lena, you had a little thing you wanted to say. Yeah, um, if your ballot doesn't arrive, because I'm having that issue right now, where I'm not sure if mine's going to get here in time for me to mail it back in or drop it off. Um, if your ballot doesn't arrive or you decide that you'd rather vote in person and you already requested a mail-in ballot, you can go to your polling place on the day of, and if you got your ballot, you have to take it with you and you have to give it to them, and then you can vote in person. Um, if you don't get it, you let them know that, and then you can um, vote by a provisional uh, ballot. Um, yeah, that's that. So but you have to have it with you. You have to hand it over to them if you've gotten it. If it doesn't come, then you don't have to, but if you have gotten it, you have to bring it with you. So because I got mine... And you would I have to bring it with you. I would just bring it to yeah. the place. Yeah. Sounds like a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a real process. <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's voting. Uh, if you have the right to vote, which I'm sure you do, <laughs> um, go and vote, especially now. Pretty please. It's an important year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a year, honey. It's a year. <laughs> now we get to go into topics. Um, I added some basic information at the beginning uh, because I felt like that is kind of needed um, when you're talking about two specific people. I said in the beginning that we were just focusing on Democratic and Republican candidates because there's too many other people and usually they don't win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you want to take Joe Biden, but I can do tr Trump. Sure. Cool. Uh, Donald Trump <laughs> is currently 74. His birthday is June 14th, 19, 
46, very old man. <laughs> his hometown was Queens, New York. His education was, he was originally enrolled in Fordham University, uh, transferred to University of Pennsylvania's um, Wharton School of Finance. Apparently it's very high class cool. business school. Mm. Um, yes. Um, he graduated there with a bachelor degree in economics, and then he did not graduate with honors, again, MBA, and he refused to show his grade transcripts whenever asked for them. His career before he was president, he was a businessman and a TV personality. <laughs> um, yeah, he was born into his wealth, and then his vice president, words are so, why? Why did God do this? Um, <laughs> um, his vice presidential candidate is Michael Pence. He graduated from Hanover College with a bachelor's degree in history, uh, then earned his GD um, at Ind Indiana University McKinney School of Law. <laughs> ah, we've done it. We've said it. Now it's all you. And <laughs> um, then we have the Democratic candidate, Joseph Biden. He is 77, was born on November 20th, 1942. My hometown's birthday. Scranton. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that your birthday? 20th. Yeah, it's my birthday. Twinsies. And Joe. <laughs> my middle name is Joe. Look at us. Maybe you're... Pre Am I the president? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, continue. Go ahead. <laughs> His hometown is Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, his education, he has a double batch... No, he has double bachelor's degrees. Hold on. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I just, I thought he just got a bachelor's degree, and then I saw that he had a double thing, and I was like, okay. He was a double uh, major. Yes. So his education, he has double bachelor degrees from University of Delaware in history and political science, and his law degree from Syracuse University. Graduated 506 out of 688. Interesting. Career before running for president, he was politician and vice president to Barack Obama, the 44th U.S. president, and his vice presidential candidate is Kamala Harris, who graduated from Howard University and California Hastings College of Law. Great job. Amazing work. Uh, now <laughs> on to the actual topics. Uh, first one is um, a bit of a rough one. <laughs> it's sexism, misogyny, if I can say that word right, and pedophilia. <laughs> you know, the three great things that a presidential things candidate you definitely want to hear about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially from the person that's going to rule the country. Yep. They're, is rule the country the right thing to say? I don't know. What it's, run the country is probably run. a better word. Yeah, let's, let's kick rule out of there. Don't give them <laughs> Yeah, that's when I was like, um, <laughs> maybe not the best wording. If there's more evidence of something from one person than another, that's how it goes. <laughs> there's just a lot on both of them, to be honest. Um, well, and I think most people that are voting for Biden have acknowledged that he also has some stuff that he has been oh, yeah. called out for. You know, people have come out and said things. Both of them have done bad things. Yeah. But... Yeah, the um, the thing that I found was that Biden has, I mean, a few things he hasn't, like, apologized for, but for the most part, he's, like, trying to understand, like, viewpoints of other people. Yeah. Um, and then Trump seems to just deny most yep. of his claims. Let's just go through the facts, I guess. Um, <laughs> Trump, I said, he has shown signs of each uh, topic throughout his lifetime. Um, I don't know too much about pedophilia. I didn't read into that. I don't know if he was 
with underage people. Um, I didn't get specifics on that or not. I don't know if you know anything about that. Just as close as he was with, you know, Epstein. I yeah. can't yeah. see there being any way around it. He, he was involved in it either way and, you know, involved in it by setting other people up or being with them. I don't think one is better than the other. You're still harming kids either way, yes. which is the bottom line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the first point I think I have on here is that he was friends with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, after I researched a little bit, um, apparently they met in the late 1980s um, and referred to him as a great friend for like 15 years. Um, but then there was some sort of bidding war in 2004 that kind of ended the relationship. After all of that, like despite his allegation of like not being friends with him, if that sentence makes any sense. Um, yeah, I guess he in a, um, I don't remember who did the interview, some news site um, did an interview with him and I guess he wished well to, um, I don't know how to say her name, Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell, G Maxwell, uh, Epstein's girlfriend. I don't know how to say her name. I don't Okay. (laughs) She was a girlfriend of Epstein and I guess that Donald Trump wished her well in prison. And And she was, as far as I know, complicit with, what, Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, yeah. You don't wish child traffickers well if you were involved in it at some point. Yeah, like, I wouldn't wish Hitler well if he was alive in prison or something. Like, you don't... I don't wish him well when he's dead. (laughs) True. You know what? Good point. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why he claims that he was just, like, trying to be nice and, like, cordial to her. Uh, since he knew her, and, like, he didn't know anything that she did um, that had to do with Epstein. I guess he didn't know anything that Epstein was doing for those 15 years. Um, Without getting biased, I don't believe that. (laughs) Well, I also think me being a, a decent person who condemns that stuff, if there were someone and I was asked if I was friends with them or I wished them well, I would make sure that I denounced it, made sure that I wasn't associated with them in any way. Oh yeah. Because that's just logical. Oh yeah. If I found out that you were doing any things like that, I would not wish you well in prison. No. No. (laughs) Sorry, friend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I found that very odd. I watched the interview a couple times, and I was just like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I don't know. No. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) going on from that. Um, He also has issues with sexism. Uh, There's some quotes from him that I have here. I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you want to see them, you can go to the blog. I'll have it on there. Um, But one of them is that you wouldn't have this job if you you weren't beautiful, and it's very sad. He said that to a girl named Maria, a reporter for The Strip View Live in 2010. Um, A lot of people say that um, these quotes don't matter because they're so old. Um, (laughs) I understand, like, somebody changing, but there's so many of them that it's kind of hard to see that. Like, when was the most recent one? Uh, the most recent one I have on here is 2016, before he became president, so. That's four years ago? Yeah. And he was 70, I think, so, like, I'm not, I don't see him changing, like, I see, like, a 20-year-old changing from when they're 70, you know? There is also, where's the one that I hated the most? Oh, is it the one about his daughter? Yes, there it is. Um, 
He said, she's a really beautiful baby. She has Marla's legs. I'm assuming that was a wife before Ivanka. I'm not sure. Um, he said, we don't know whether or not she's got this part yet, um, referring to her breasticle areas. Um, and he said, but but time will tell. And then he was speaking of his one-year-old daughter, Tiffany Trump, um, and this was in a Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous in 1994. So it was a bit ago. Um, I don't know how old he was then. I can't do that math that fast. I can't either. <laughs> Six I, plus 20, 26. Let me do the math while you talk. I was going to say, I didn't think you were talking about that quote. I thought you were talking about the I've said that if Ivanka weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. Yeah, that one's a weird one as well. I don't know any, anyone, I was going to say any normal person, but I just don't know anyone in my day-to-day -day life that would say that or think that way. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I would, no. I remember people talking about it and being like, oh, he's just saying she's pretty. No. It's, it's a weird way to say it. Yeah, you could just say that she was pretty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I also would love to see like the rest of that. I never saw like the rest of where he was talking about that. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to see the rest of that interview. <laughs> um, but he was 48 whenever he did my quote and he was about, uh, let's see, I believe he was 60 whenever he did yours. <laughs> there is a clear pattern here from years and years ago to up to a couple years ago where he's still saying stuff like this and so clearly he's not changing he's not growing and he still has these sexist views and beliefs yeah yeah it's a, it's a couple decades of being rude yeah. <laughs> and weird to women specifically yeah. he also said on a howard stern which is the weirdest thing um e-news um in 1993 he said, um, you have to tell, uh, you have to treat him like shit. Donald Trump, he says, he claims to have never seen that and um, said it was attributed to me. And then Sir, <laughs> Stern said, I see, so you treat women with respect. And he said, um, I can't say that either. And then proceeds to laugh. Um, oh, he might as well have said it, even if he yeah. didn't, which I believe that he probably did. Yeah, he should have just been like, um, yeah, that's how he feels. <laughs> Um, he also does go on and say, like, no, I do treat him with respect, but you can't kind of just, like, go back and realize that you said something wrong and then try to, like, flip it back. I've literally found the transcripts of it, of that interview, and I was like, this is such a weird conversation. And, like, why would you say that? Why would you, yeah. like, I guess, like, try and, like, joke about it with your bro? But I don't, I don't understand. Weird thing to joke about. <laughs> yeah, I don't treat <laughs> right. <laughs> like cold. He has 26 sexual misconduct cases against him. Uh, Joe Biden has, I think, eight, which we will get to. I don't know if they have cases against him. I believe one of them, I know one of them does. Um, but I don't know about the other seven. I'm not sure. What. <laughs> um, but yeah, Trump has 26. So that one's a little bit more coherent plus his tie with Epstein is a lot yeah. um so who knows how many <laughs> I was gonna say 26 known cases yeah yeah yeah, and eight known cases for Biden so yep. yeah that's that so Biden as we said has eight uh women who have spoken out against him about sexual misconduct um he's been criticized for commenting on the physical appearance of young girls on the campaign trail as well as unwanted but not necessarily sexual physical contact with women in general. 
he told a 10-year-old girl, I bet you're as bright as you are good-looking, and told the brothers of a 13-year-old girl to keep the guys away from her. Um, Biden promised to be more mindful about respecting personal space, joked about the situation. He got permission to hug individuals, stating, I'm sorry, I don't understand more. I'm not sorry for any of my intentions. I'm not sorry for anything that I've ever done. So Biden, at another point, announced, um, I want the press to know she pulled me close after a woman leaned into him and whispered in his ear. I guess I would urge people to go look into, if you're going to look into both sides, yeah, yeah, go look at what the women have said about each one. Yeah, I think I have a link on that as well. So if you go to the blog and you want to see that, go for it. Um, but yeah, those are our candidates. I did see that um, one of the articles I read, I guess that um, the whole Joe Biden being a pedophile um, I don't know it completely, but I guess it it started because of, I'm assuming something Trump tweeted. Uh, I didn't read it that well, so I'm not going to like say it was exactly that, but I think he he or his, I think he, there's Donald Trump Jr., right? Yeah. Um, I think that he might have said something about it and like started a campaign about it, um, and it was false because there was nothing ever like 100% set in stone that he was like a pedophile um i'm not completely sure about that but i'm pretty sure that's what i read um i'll also put that in the blog um and do some more research on that because i'm not 100 percent sure i was gonna say i actually hadn't heard about that i didn't read much more into it i was gonna put it on here but then i didn't for some reason and i should have <laughs> i just probably ran out of time I was going to say, there's so much information here that we can only talk about so much. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of... We've, Without talking on, about every single thing that they've ever done. You know, yeah, we're on page 5 of 15, so urge people to do their own research and look yeah. into those kind of things. Um, I think anything like this is a starting point, and then you have to for sure. yeah. look into it yourself. Yeah, I think if something's specifically affecting you or uh, like a community that you're in... Um, it's very important for you guys to get your point across. Um, yeah, moving on to your, oh, unless you had something else to say. Oh, no. It, um, I think it just brings us to our next topic and yeah. why this specific election is like. Yeah, I want, I want you to talk about it mostly because it affects you the most. Um, but as an ally, I guess I would call myself or an advocate for you, um, I am also a part of it, but I think I have up here just a small section for myself. Uh, it says Trump and Pence, and then it says Mike Pence signed a bill allowing uh, businesses to discriminate and deny services uh, to LGBTQ plus individuals. Um, it was passed in the name of religious freedom. Indiana lawmakers quickly passed a um, amendment intending to protect LGBTQ plus people from discrimination. He also has a history of he um, supports the use of federal funding to uh, treat people seeking change to their sexual behavior, um, which is conversion therapy for LGBT people. Um, and I put a personal story in here just because I, I can remember four years ago when on the night Trump got elected, I had been, I'd been working with my grandma at the daycare that I worked at for a while. And so we'd been talking about Trump. Neither of us were fans. And I just felt myself getting more and more anxious as the election came up. Um, and I can remember very vividly uh, when he got elected, crying, texting my grandma and coming out to her for the first time and explaining 
why it felt like such a massive scary thing for mm-hmm. someone like him and Pence to be elected um and and just people who don't view me as a normal human being yeah. you know I didn't I didn't choose to be gay I don't think whatever conversion therapy anyone might want to give me it wouldn't change me it might scare me into you know pretending like you're straight straight. Yeah, yeah yeah pretending um but it scares me to have people in power who have those kind of views and who do bring religion into it i am totally fine with people having their own religion and having religious beliefs but we have separation of church and state for a reason yeah and you know everyone is so different and all we as the lgbt community want is equal rights we want to be able to marry who we want to marry we want to be able to have everything that straight couples have and i've never understood why people think that same-sex marriage like imposes on their own marriage like if you don't want to get gay married you don't have to yeah yeah but i would like to at some point in my life you know i would like to be able to marry the person i love i would i would like to be able to have that kind of um, I don't know. I just want that for myself and I want that for everyone else who wants it. While I was growing up, like same sex marriage got put into law when I was, you know, in my teen years. I don't remember how long ago that was. <laughs> um, but I was going to New York to march in pride parades to fight for that kind of change as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was like doing what I could to advocate for those changes to be made and those laws to be put in place so that I could have the same rights. Um, and I was going to say the reason it's scary to have those kind of people in charge is because there are the two Supreme Court justices uh, who came out recently uh, asking, or I guess, talking about how they felt like same-sex marriage was, um, here, let me just read (laughs) what I have. Um, Supreme Court justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito remind Americans that marriage equality is in imminent peril at the Supreme Court. Thomas, joined by Alito, wrote a screed in defense of Kim Davis, the Kentucky clerk who refused to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, painting her as a modern-day martyr. The two justices suggested that SCOTUS might overturn Obergefell versus Hodges, sorry, um, which is the same-sex marriage law, uh, in order to preserve religious liberty in the United States. And these are people who view their religious liberties and their religion and beliefs as above mine or any other LGBT individual's beliefs and needs and rights. And that's scary. Yeah. (laughs) America is supposed to be, supposed to be this big mixing pot of people from different races, religions, Uh, gender identities, sexual orientations, just a huge mix. We're supposed to be so diverse. And, you know, I want a country where everyone is welcome. Everyone is allowed to have those freedoms and beliefs and all that kind of stuff. Um, But by bringing the, because what most of these people are bringing in is the Christian ideal. Yeah. You're closing out anyone who isn't Christian. Yeah, and they're their right to speak and have a say in what and to have their own religion there there are people who are 
of every religion here. Yeah, a uh, family member of mine is like a feminist, at least they mm -hmm. claim to be, but then they don't, they will stick up for women's rights, but then they won't stick up for like LGBTQ plus because of their religion. I mean, I'll say it, you don't have to put this in, but you can't be a feminist if you don't support LGBT rights, if you don't support black women, if you don't support women of color, you can't be a feminist if you're not for equal rights for all women and yeah. all people, to be honest with you, because that's all it is. But yeah, my my rights and my marriage and my love life does not impose or change or have anything to do with anyone else's relationship or marriage or anything else. It's my own thing. Yeah. You don't have to be a part of it. You don't have to support it. It's like personally, you don't have to support me, but those rights need to be there. If you haven't experienced what it's like to know someone who's had to, you know, go through their childhood in the closet and had to come out and had to do all those things. Yeah. Then I get that you might not understand fully what that's like or why you need to support it. Once people become educated, I think for the most part, people can change and people can become more accepting, but you have to be willing to learn and listen oh, yeah. to us. Yeah. It's a lot like, um, like if you don't have a black person in your family or in your friend group, then you don't know any of the struggles that they go through. I live in very much of a bubble of a lot of white people. I think it's like 95% white where I'm at. Um, but I, I always tried to like talk to different people that weren't like me in high school. And I just, there were only like, I think five people <laughs> in my graduating class that weren't white. So I think getting to know someone and like reaching out to different people is very important. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, and like learning about the struggles that uh, LGBTQ or even a different minority race or something like that. And I think people sometimes are afraid to ask and to an extent it's not our job in the same way it's not a person of color's job to educate you. You need to do your own research, you need to teach yourself. Mm -hmm. But there are people myself included, who if you come to and ask me any question you have, I'm typically willing to talk about it and to answer and to, you know, try and help educate you. And so you have to, you know, make sure the person is okay with it. But I think it's good to ask questions and to, you know, to want to learn more and to be open. Yeah, I think I you taught me a lot about LGBTQ plus as well. I didn't have anybody reach out to, and I don't know if I just didn't have the time to research it on my own, but you were very willing to talk about it. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Well, I think it's another thing where you don't have to think about it because it's not something, oh, my dad's calling me, please. Dad, you're just so popular. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, what was I saying? It's not something you have to think about because it's not yeah. something you'll ever have to experience. Mm -hmm. But just because you don't, you personally don't have to experience it doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to know at least some part. You'll, you'll never fully know what I experience or what a person of color experiences. Just like I won't understand what a person of color experiences. Oh, yeah. um, but you can learn as much as possible and you can talk to people about it and just become a better person and a more open and, you know. Understanding. Like I said, yeah, yeah. Understanding person regardless whether or not you have to experience it personally yeah good talk <laughs>
I agree with you. Um, <laughs> anytime. Biden, he is, uh, he supports the same-sex marriage, um, and he did that on a NBC News um, Meet the Press interview on May 6, 2012, <laughs> words, um, and he did this without Barack Obama on his side. But Biden said, what this is about is a simple proposition. Who do you love? Who do you love? And will you be loyal to that person that you love? And then another quote was, I'm absolutely comfortable with the fact that men marrying, uh, wait, yeah, I wrote That's that. It's a right. weird quote. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. Um, I am absolutely comfortable with the fact that men marrying men, women marrying women, and heterosexual men and women are all entitled to the same exact rights, all the civil rights, and all the civil liberties, which is sick. <laughs> GPTQ plus, supporter. Um, and then Kamala Harris is also, um, LGBTQ plus. Um, I enjoyed this picture that she was in. She, I guess, spoke at a San Francisco Pride parade and she had a bedazzled rainbow jean jacket on. Love it. It was so cute. <laughs> she looked so happy in it and I was so happy for her. In 2006, Harris organized a uh, conference in California that brought together over a hundred officials from across the U.S. to discuss, uh, I don't even know what that says, I think it's strategies. Yeah, I said strategies. Um, strategies <laughs> to end the use of the so-called gay and transgender panic defense, which I don't know what that is. That was from NBC News. Do you know um, what gay and transgender panic defense was about? I think it might be uh, attributed to there is a defense for murder. Um well, if that is that, then she, I guess, tried to get rid of that. And maybe she might have. I'm not positive. Okay. There was more to that quote in the article, which I will quote more on the blog. Um, and we will work that out because I didn't know what it meant, but I didn't have time to look over it. That was something that I wish that like, I had more of here was uh, rights for people who are transgender. But, you know, clearly she's working towards hopefully... I know she has some, here's the thing, uh -oh. <laughs> I know she has some issues with that too because she has put um, transgender women in men's prisons, which is super dangerous for uh, transgender women mm. because it can put them in a very dangerous place. Yeah, um, I didn't know that that was a thing that she did. There, yeah, there are some not so great things about her. Okay. Like I said, in this, in in this election, I don't think there's a perfect candidate. I don't think there's a perfect pair. Mm. There are some negative things about both sides. Um, yes. I would hope that she would change her views on that if she hasn't. Um, yeah. But that is something that she has done. And I think that's important to know. But um, it seems that they are at least in a better place He's so for gay rights and everything that I, I think he would be in charge of taking account to that or taking ability. Uh, I don't know the word for that. Eligibility, something for that. Um, so I don't, I don't think she would like overrein him at all. For sure. Um, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I think it's just good to be honest about, we can, you know, say good things about one side and bad things about the other side 
oh, yeah. um, in an attempt to like sway people. But it is good to to be honest about the facts, and there are some negative facts there. And oh yeah, good for people to know. Yeah, I want I want to be as blunt up as possible about both sides. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just didn't know that that was a thing. So that's a thing I will research later. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't know that she did that. Well, we're going on to an even. I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't call it worse, but like a more prominent, oh, I guess, prominent right now for topic sure. for right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's racism in minorities, yeah. um, which is very relevant this summer. Um, oh, well, it's relevant all the time, but like specifically relevant this summer. I didn't put much for Trump because I feel like we all know how Trump is. And how he feels. Um, I put the China virus down uh, just as one. When he had it on Twitter, he was calling it the coronavirus. And then as soon as he was cured, back to, yeah. I didn't notice that. Yup. Very interesting. I don't even know what to say to that, but interesting. He also talks about Mexico a lot. Because uh, yep. we all, his, his big thing when he was campaigning the first time was that he was going to build a wall. Uh, between Mexico and America, um, and he has not done so, by the way. I think well, he started on it. That's a whole other, there is a wall. There's a wall already there, and it is not the way that most people immigrate. Most people fly here, stay here. They're not, there are people that are coming over the wall. Lena, we're going to build a wall. There's already a wall there. We're going to build a better wall. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, it's not I, gonna stop people from coming over. Anyway, he talks about uh, Mexicans uh, badly a lot. Time USA said well, when Mexico, well, they quoted him and said when Mexico send their people, um, they're not sending their best. Uh, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Just a, just a few. We can also talk about, you know, he's sent... Uh, military into multiple states to combat the the Black Lives Matter movements um, when it was not necessary and that's he, the next thing we're going to yeah after this yeah so fun <laughs> yeah he um we'll just leave those there I guess and just know that there's multiple more if you even look up Trump being racist on Google you'll find a lot more <laughs> Yeah, um, but if you'd like to do Biden, you can. Oh, sure. So some find the fact that he is racist due to the fact that he's chosen Senator Harris as his running mate based mm-hmm. on her sex and race. Sorry, the way that's worded is confusing. Yeah, I, I did it last minute. That's why. Um, I don't so, know why I made you read that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can do it. Meanwhile, they're I saying that. he's not racist, or he is racist because he chose. Yeah, like, so they're they're, they're saying, saying he's that, going for the black float, basically because he chose a black woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's being sexist because he made it a woman, and then he's being racist because he made it a black woman um, instead of all of the qualified white women. The logic. Mm-hmm. My opinion on it, I got heated. Um, and it says it doesn't really affect me since I'm a white woman, um, but she's obviously a qualified candidate for the position and was up against men and women that Biden could have chosen over her. Um, I can't speak for how it felt as a man, but 
as a woman, um, seeing a female political um, personnel, I guess, uh, getting recognized for her brains was great for me. Political positions are like um, Oscars or Grammys, kind of. <laughs> That's at least what I reference them to. Um, it's not about somebody's looks or their culture. Um, that's a different subject, but uh, it's based on their talents and quality of their performance. Uh, so I guess I say, I guess what I mean is that it should be um, about the politics and the quality of the person's work and eligibility. Um, that's how it should be. And if they're suited for the position. We do need more people of color in politics. We need more LGBT people in politics. We need people who are going to speak for the people who don't have voices because right now most of the decisions like I said before are being made by straight white men and like I said there are issues with her too but we need people who can represent other groups of people yeah I didn't know how to explain it in a better way but just I think seeing a woman in politics was nice because I saw that pretty sure it went around a lot but there was that one picture where they like took out all the men in politics and there was just there were different pictures and it was just the women that were on politics and there was like maybe three or four in each photo and that made me sad so then we came a few months later and there was a woman vice president up and I thought that was cool I don't think I've ever seen was there ever a woman vice president before I don't like at all well, no, I don't think so, because we've never had a female president either. Yeah, I just didn't know if there was another vice president that was a woman. I don't think there was. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I would be very surprised if there was. Yeah, so I just, I don't know. I I read that they thought that he was racist or, I guess, also sexist. I think maybe what they're saying is that he picked a black woman to go after the black vote. Maybe. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, onto another heavy subject. Um, BLM versus police and the army. Um, yeah, I think you talked about this a little bit earlier mm -hmm. with Trump sending uh, those police and army people um, after the riots and stuff and saying the one thing I didn't like was the, <laughs> well, I didn't like any of it, but the stand back, stand by that he said recently mm. was mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, people have been saying for a while, you know, there's a lot of white supremacy that goes on uh, with the current president and vice president. And that was a clear verbal admission, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, it's pretty factual of white supremacy. He was telling Proud Boys to stand by so that he could tell them what to do next. Yeah, so that's, I didn't even put much for that either. It's very obvious about what he thinks. It's the privilege to not have to care about it. Look into why you have that privilege and um, use the privilege for good to stand up for those of us who aren't as privileged. The Biden side is the stuff that you sent me on the phone. Yeah, okay, it says, uh, what was this from? Was this like a article? This is from his website. Oh, okay. This cool. is from his campaign, yeah. Joe Biden's website. Sick. Yeah. This says, today too many people are incarcerated in the U.S. Um, and too many people of them are black and brown. To build safe and healthy communities, we need to rethink who we are sending to jail. 
um, how we treat those in jail and how we help them get the healthcare, education, jobs, and housing they need to successfully rejoin society after they serve their time, as President Joe Biden will strengthen America's commitment to justice and reform our justice, our criminal justice system. My bad. Our criminal justice system cannot <laughs> be just unless we root the racial, gender, and income-based disparities in the system. Um, black mothers and fathers should feel confident in that their children are safe walking on the streets of America and when a police officer pins on that shield and walks out the, the door, the officer's family should know they'll come home at the end of the day. Additionally, women and children are uniquely impacted by the criminal justice system and the system needs to address their unique needs. We got through it. <laughs> it sounded like when I read it, he's acknowledging the racism and you know inequality that uh, is part of the prison and police system, uh, which is a very big problem that's currently, I mean, it's been occurring for Long. forever. Yeah. Um, and uh, continues to occur. And so it sounded like to me that he was acknowledging that and what would like it to change, which is important. Hopefully work towards a system that is less racist, less, uh, less racist. <laughs> just that, a system that's less racist. Yeah. Um, Actually, a system that is not racist is the ideal. Yeah, I'm not for blue lives whenever they're saying that, um, but I'm not against blue lives. I know that blue lives isn't a race. <laughs> it's I'm a job. Say, I can talk yeah. about that in a Yeah, I know, I know it's not a race. It's not a, it's, it's a job. Um, it's not who somebody is, but in my thing, I said, um, I'm not against blue lives or whatever you want to call them, police, peacemakers, heroes, sure. Um, I respect them and I'm grateful for the good ones. That being said, <laughs> uh, there are massive issues with police brutality and unjustifiable situations uh, that occur in today's society. Um, as a person who stands for equality, I stood with BLM during these past few months. I went to a couple protests, though I know there are potential downfalls um, of the group that some people are talking about. Um, I haven't researched it enough, so I don't know enough about it. I think there's downfalls with kind of everything in the world. Uh, there's good parts and bad parts. Um, but anyway, I personally believe at this time um, that Democratic and Republican Black voices should be listened to and heard. Um, also, all other times, not just now. Um, but I've listened to both sides, like Candace Owen, uh, Danny Glover, Alan West, um, and other things just from personal friends, and I am learning and listening and growing as I go. Um, as for right now, I stand with those who have been set back for so many years, and I will continue to raise their voices and let them speak on what is going wrong. In my little notes, yes. Um, my whole issue with the whole Blue Lives Matter thing, there's no such thing. You choose to become a cop, and at any time, you can leave your job retire you can take off your badge at the end of the day you can take off your uniform at the end of the day a black person or a person of color will always be a person of color or will always be black they do not get to change that they do not have the option 
They leave their home every day and they're black or a person of color again. They don't have that choice. They are a black life. And the whole point of Black Lives Matter is no lives can matter until Black Lives Matter. And so for the All Lives Matter people, the reality of Black Lives Matter is that they want all lives to matter. But right now, Black lives, there, there is an issue that's happening and Black lives need to matter. And then we can, you know, we can work on anything else anyone wants to work on. But right now, that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, and I stand with Black Lives Matter. I am, I feel the same as you do where I want to um, be a person who raises the voices of Black people and um, is there to support and be an ally and uh, educate myself and work to make that better. Yes. Uh, I think the analogy that's most used is if you and I were in the hospital and you had a cold and I had a broken arm, I would probably be the one that's seen first because broken arm is a little more in need of fixing than a cold is. I'm pretty cold. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, With corona, yeah. they might see you. <laughs> this is pre-corona. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, um, there is a clear problem happening in America right now with police brutality and, you know, uh, racism. And that needs to change so that yeah. we can all have, we can all be equal. Again, it's just about equal rights. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we actually have an example, I think. I listened to a uh, video from Alan West, who is, I believe, a Republican or at least a cons like conservative style person. Um, he was talking about Black Lives Matter and how they're not good, I guess, for society and for Black people. But anyway, he said <laughs> in, in 2019, there were only nine, um, only nine unarmed Black men shot by police officers, yet Black Lives Matter. And the media want us to believe that it's genocide out there. The real genocide is the 20 million unborn babies that are being murdered in the womb or have that have been murdered in the womb since 1973. Uh, Planned Parenthood was founded by an avowed white supremacist and a racist by the name of Mar I don't know how to say it, Margaret Sanger, I think. Um, over 70% of Planned Parenthood clinics are located in Black communities. So we're going to talk about Planned Parenthood. Um, and well, I think that quote by itself, when, when I saw that you put that quote in there, the fact that it says only nine, mm -hmm. that's still nine Black oh, people yeah. that were murdered. Yeah. Unarmed. Yeah, I also want to preference it that um, Alan West is also a Black man um, that is saying this, which is the oddest part to me about it. Um, he's talking about nine people just like him getting shot, like on the street by a police officer, and he's not upset about it. But yeah, that that quote is packed with a lot of anti-BLM um, racism anti-abortion and anti-abortion, anti <laughs> all packed into one little video. But then you you came in clutch with a bunch of things. <laughs> I, th I think I added to it. Because I was confused where you got you did. from, and I looked up the quote, and I was like, oh, makes sense now. So it's from Charlie Kirk, who is the founder and president of the conservative group Turning Point USA. 
Kirk cites the post database, which includes only people shot by police, not killed through other means like beating or tasering. He also cites a database that is incomplete. The number of un unarmed black men fatally shot by police is likely higher than the post count due to a lack of comprehensive police records, which Kirk does not acknowledge. Despite these issues, the post database shows police fatally shot 13 unarmed black men in 2019, not eight. Um, Kirk also uses this figure while arguing that systemic racism does not exist within law enforcement, he did not mention in the video that Black Americans make up of up 13% of the population, but are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white Americans, which yeah. um, is a whole other thing to unpack. Yeah, yeah. So the, the first quote was actually from a fact check website, because, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, it's obvious that <laughs> whatever Alan West, wherever he got that information, it was wrong. Um, and it was purposely misconstrued. Well, and then the information that Kirk uses yeah. also super wrong. Well, I'm assuming that maybe it came from Kirk. I'm assuming okay. that it must have trickled down somehow and he just heard that that was the right number. number. Yeah, yeah, and he just assumed that he was correct because um, maybe... Well, he's the president of the conservative group, Turning Point USA, so I'm not surprised that he didn't think it was real. So yeah, that's that. Uh, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> um, just, again, that, that part where Black Americans make up 13% of the population, but are killed by police at more than twice the rate of white Americans. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't show you that there's an issue, that there is racism, clearly happening in this country from police you, you have to acknowledge that it's there it's in it's it's factualized it's in numbers and it's another thing where again if you have the privilege to not have to think about that if yeah. you don't have to worry every time you're pulled over by a police officer if you don't live your daily life afraid of this you really need to look into why you have that privilege and what you can do with that privilege to help these people who very clearly need us to help them change something. At a protest I was at, there was a mother that was speaking over like one of those, what are those things called where you speak into them? Megaphone? megaphone? Yes. Um, she was speaking into a megaphone and she was talking about all the things that she goes, like that go through her head or ugh, words that go through her head um, every time that her, like, I think she had two sons leave the house. And she, like, she, her, she, I think she ended it with, like, every time your child leaves your house, you should say, I love you. Because it might be, like, the last time that you see them. Which tie it back to what Biden said, um, that he was going to make sure that everybody comes home each night. What is the ideal ending of a day <laughs> that I could only hope for? I can't imagine being that minority and seeing how people do not even think it's true. Yeah, that's that blows my mind even more than, you know, not thinking about, you know, most white people don't go out every day and think, okay, if I get pulled over by a cop today, I have to do this, 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 and this. But even more so the people that just don't, think that that racism the systemic racism is there just blows my mind at that point it's just an unwillingness to accept that it's there to me 
Yeah. I don't have much else to say other than it's just very sad. <laughs> My whole family does not believe in climate change. So first start out with that. <laughs> Trump. Uh, I have a quote on him from a video that I have sourced. Um, and it says the concept of global warming was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. Did you ever hear that one, Lena? No. Well, that's and I hope I never have to hear it again. Uh, yeah, it's another China virus, I guess, is called climate change. <laughs> Ozone, the, the destruction of our planet. It's from China. Cool. Yep. And then in another one, he says, well, I think that climate change is a very, very expensive form of tax. Um, a lot of people are making a lot of money. That's what climate change is. It's these big companies who make money off of fossil fuels and off of all this stuff that destroys our planet. It's not you and me using plastic straws. It's major massive companies who refuse to change because they get money if they don't change. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's what he's saying. I think he's saying a lot of people are making a lot of money because of, because of climate change. (laughs) No, they're causing it. Anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess they're making money because they're creating products that are causing climate change. So maybe that's what he meant. I also put on here that uh, Biden uh, in the last debate, I believe, or no, it was it was Harris that was saying it because they were talking about fracking for like a good decade for some reason. Um, but apparently they're good with fracking, um, which pollutes the earth badly. Yep. Um, but then he, they claim to believe in science. So it's kind of combating the two. I don't understand what they're trying to do. But then I saw something uh, stating that he was going to re-enter the Paris Climate Accord, That's which is great. cool. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then he said that he believes that America's economy could be 100% clean energy by 2050. Um, and then I'm going to do more research on that because I'm not sure if those are true. Um, but that's what I read. Yeah. It was just like a little Instagram thing that said that he was doing that. So I don't want to say that like yeah. 100% he's doing that. But I mean, I remember my first um, spin in college, my first degree, I had to take, I can't remember what it was, but I know I had to write a paper on climate change. And I remember even back then doing my research and reading that at that point, which would have been 2015, maybe. So at least five years ago. that we were almost past the point where we couldn't reverse the damage that we've done to the planet. And at that point, we are just in a waiting game of when the planet is destroyed and unlivable. Um, And that's terrifying for us, for future generations, because who knows um, when those, I mean, we already see the effects year after year. The effects of climate change are very clear with the California fires, with Australia fires, with everything that's gone on. We need people that believe in science and we need people that believe that this is happening and who want our earth to last. I mean, we I grew up with a ton of snow here. Yeah. Um, and I remember being like stuck inside my home because there was so much snow. And now we're lucky if we even get like a couple inches of snow. So that was a big trigger for me, at least whenever I started learning about climate change. Um, but then I find it really interesting whenever people believe in like medicines from doctors. 
but then they don't believe in any sort of other science. I don't understand what the relationship there is, or if there even is, like, I don't know if they just specifically mean medicine and then like they just don't believe in environmental science um, but then also why would it be like a college major if it wasn't real and what would be the benefit of saying hey our planet's going to be destroyed in this amount of time if we don't change things what's the benefit other than changing to clean you know and, energy but also like the older generation doesn't have to deal with it so we why don't have they care? To care. yeah <laughs> you know again five years ago doing research on this like huge paper that i did it's based on science it's based on fact it's there for you to look into and and show you that this is real this is happening and we need to do something about it before we're past the point of return yeah i forget past the point of no return <laughs> did you see that one um I don't remember what it was on. I think it's Instagram where they're like counting down the years that we had. It like had like seven years left until we're past that point or something. Yep. That was scary. That was when we were talking about Biden one, wanting to enter back into the, um, what's it called? Paris Agreement? Yeah, uh, Paris Climate Accord. Yes. Um, that would be great because that is like a worldwide uh, effort to reverse the, the effects of climate change that we've done. Um, so I think that's something, if you care about the planet, if you care about, uh, if you're in, in the older generation and you don't care if the planet is here for you, um, if you do care that it's here for your children or your grandchildren or their grandchildren, whatever, you need someone that is going to help the planet. Care about it for the rest of us. Yes, please. <laughs> not about yourself and, and I think I like this is part of my ending point so I'll talk about this again yeah this is about more than just a singular person this is about the planet the country your community your family whatever it's about more than just you and you have to think about it on a scale that's bigger than you yeah <laughs> good point <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I don't want to talk that much about his Trump's businessman mentality because there's no counterpart for Joe. Um, and I also don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much because I don't know everything there is to know about like the stock market. And I don't want to come off like I'm dumb just because I don't know something yeah. um, or like I'm giving false information. Again, my family is mostly voting because of money and they think that Trump is better suited for keeping their money than Biden is. If you look at the stock market, um, right when Obama was being elected, it was going down for like half a second and then it consistently goes up. It goes yeah. down a little bit every now and again, but he left Trump a rising economic stock market. Now, I'm not gonna say that he hasn't made it better because he has i mean he's still increasing it uh obviously coronavirus kind of shot that um and a lot of people believe that he has made corona which we will get into uh, made corona last longer which has made the rise back up a lot worse and harder yeah so obama left him something nice to bounce off of and he did do a good job until coronavirus hit oh he has also massively increased 
the U.S. national debt, if you have not looked at that, it has gone up so much. Uh, also, Donald Trump has, I, I think he's filed for bankruptcy four times, I believe I saw. Um, and then he also only paid $750 in tax payments, which he was holding off to say for a very long time. Um, I've paid more in taxes than that. Same. And I don't even, like, really currently have a job at all, so. I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> a family member once told me, because we were debating, I'm not a good debater, and I will say that straight up, <laughs> but they were essentially saying that there has been no successful businessman that hasn't, like, cheated his way to the top, or, like, their way to the top. And so I didn't, I didn't respond, because, you know, it was like, oh. People not see an issue with that? That was my thing. I was like, how did you, like, is that okay with you that they're cheating to the top? We're taught our kids to be fair, to not cheat, to, you know, do things respectfully and responsibly. The only way you can make billions of dollars is by, you know, doing something not good. The reason that Jeff Bezos has billions of dollars is because his workers don't get paid well, is because, you know, he doesn't redistribute his wealth in a way that could help people. You don't get to the top without being a not good person. And if they view cheating as a good thing, I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my main thing. I wouldn't want to succeed because of cheating or lying or stealing because I have morals. Yeah, that was kind of baffling to me. But um, I also go on to do a bunch of numbers about the stock market <laughs> and analyzing that. But we don't have to look at that. Um, Trump has increased taxes for 10 million Americans. Joe Biden's plans for taxes. Uh, he wants to enact a number of policies that would raise taxes on individuals who have an income above $400,000 a year. The average American income last year was $68,703. So the average American, you, me, will not be affected by this. I'll do the math. Um, even the little bit above average American will not be affected by this. He is raising taxes for people who can afford to pay taxes. The difference is $331,297. And that's why I'm saying even the Americans who are slightly above average, still not going to be affected. Yeah. He's raising taxes for those who can afford to pay higher taxes. He wants to raise individual income, um, capital gains, and payroll taxes. Uh, he also wants to raise taxes on corporations by raising the corporate income tax rate and imposing a corporate minimum book tax. So the people that this is truly affecting are people who already make a lot of money and have the money to put back into the country. One of my family members was talking about how he's in a tax corporations that have a lot of money. Um, but they were saying that those corporations being taxed more means more layoffs because they would be taxing more, which so they wouldn't be getting as much money. So they would have to lay off more employees. Thoughts? I, I will be honest that I'm not, I don't think I'm educated enough on this kind of stuff to like really get into it. Yeah. Um, but the point of taxing richer people is so that the taxes on people who don't make as much money, the average person, can be lower so that 
your income is higher. That's my understanding of it. You're not paying as much in taxes as the people who have a ton of money. Yeah, but I guess that their point was just that if you tax those higher corporations more, then it'll trickle down and make unemployment higher because they're unable to pay so many people. Which makes sense. Like, I understand, but no sense it does, but at the same time, I think there's a solution that I don't know at the moment. I think it's for the higher ups to take pay cuts. Like, okay, me when I worked at uh, Walt Disney World, um, oh, what's his name? Oh my God, Walt Disney. I, oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob Iger, who was yeah, the okay. head of Walt Disney Company. CEO. He doesn't so me as an employee out in the sun every day hot Florida heat um, guest face-to-face interactions um, I had a job where I was telling guests no very often uh, which means I got the brunt of their anger, anger. Um, I'm doing ton of ton of work and I think at that point I was making if I'm remembering cor- correctly, seven twenty-five an hour, um, which meant I typically barely had enough for groceries. I had about twenty-five dollars for groceries most of the time, um, because the rest of my money was going into rent, um, and that was company-owned housing that my rent was going into. So they were making the money back. Viger is not face-to-face with guests is not out in the Florida heat. He is collecting massive amounts of money more than anyone could ever use because he owns the company. And that's not right. (laughs) Uh, Disney just laid off how many people because of how long it's been shut down. People could have taken tax cuts. I think they raised the salaries of some of the higher ups. And that was the reason that people got laid off. I did see that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know enough about it to comment on it, but I did see that. From what I've seen, because I still know a lot of people that work there. Yeah. Um, that's my understanding of it. And those people could have taken a lower salary to ensure that all of those people, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a massive amount of cast members. Yeah. Um, they could have made sure that those people didn't lose their jobs by taking a little bit of a pay cut during this time um, and people just aren't willing to. And that's been my point these last couple of times is people who have money aren't out for people who make minimum wage or make, you know, a lower amount. They're not, they don't care. They're out for themselves and they're out to make more and more money. It's proven by that. I mean, I think there's a lot there that we don't know, but from what we do know, it doesn't look great. <laughs> it seems like there could have been an alternative to yeah. the amount of layoffs that just happened. Yes. And it was done at random. The employees that they chose were done completely randomly. They from what I've saw from what I know. And were like, you're gone. Um, they just chose like it, it it didn't matter how long you've been there, it didn't matter uh what points you had on your record, it didn't matter what you had done for the company. And that's to these big companies and corporations, you are a number. You are 
a number and you do the work for them and you are expendable at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure. got a little off track from where we we were, but it kind of still... It's cool. Honestly, is, I'm just surprised that we're still on the same Zoom call. I really thought it would be off my note. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it's like actually still on and we're not like... It says recording it. on mine. That's what it says on mine too, but like watch it just like completely go away. I'm a little nervous, but I'm going to... I'm going to stay with it. I also have on here that um, Donald Trump has caused the highest unemployment rates um, since the Great Depression, which I'm going to combat with. I kind of, it's kind of understandable because of the pandemic and like that whole situation. But then again, well, my question is when, when were those numbers, like were those numbers higher than that before Corona? Yeah. I don't know if it would, I'm, I'm pretty sure that unemployment was like down and doing okay before Corona hit. Curious to know where it was at pre-Corona. Yeah. It's a little scary to recognize as well that like we're close to the Great Depression. Like my my grandma, my grandma's mom went through that. Like I don't want to go through that. Why my time? I don't know if this has been changed. I saw him tweet something about this, so it might have been reversed. But at the time that I was writing it, it was. Um, what? I'm just laughing about just saying that he tweeted it. Like, oh, <laughs> you know how Trump just tweets all the time. Um, yeah, so he, a couple days ago, I believe, he was said that whenever he came back after he was fixed from coronavirus, um, he said that he was stopping the uh, COVID-19 relief uh, negotiations. Um, oh, and then he came back and said, wait, never mind. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll give you something. Are you yeah. listening? Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> saying. I was like, I'm pretty sure that he reversed that because of all of the outcry of need. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I a couple months ago, he was supposed to give us a second stimulus package, which we never got. So I never got a first one because I... Uh, was claimed by my parents on their taxes, so I didn't get a first stimulus. Me neither. I don't know. It, it, it By a tweet that he sent out, I think today, he was saying that it was something like go big or go home, second, second stimulus package on the way or something, and kind of just like rolled my eyes and like got out of there. Um, so I don't know if that has been changed and if he's worked out those things, but I think that so many people were so upset. $1,200. For seven months. Live off of that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, unemployment being at its highest. Mm -hmm. As someone on pandemic unemployment, I got approved for it in May. And I still have been paid zero dollars. Um, I've been claiming for over 30 weeks now. I've been on the phone at least once a week, every single week since May, um, with no help. And have been told to just wait um and i have the privilege of living at home right now so i'm not paying rent and you know i'm not paying for food i'm not in grave danger but for the people who are living on their own need rent money need money for food need money for living and i know it's not just me who's waiting on this stuff what are people supposed to do how are people supposed to live with nothing 
Ah, I don't know. I did a I did that one blog about homelessness in the U.S. and just the effects from the U.K. having this pandemic for like a couple months, very serious like situations. Um, it caused them so so it's like so much of a increase in homelessness there. I can't even imagine what it's like in the U.S. I'm sure they're not tracking it because it would. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. I can't imagine like not having my parents and like being able to stay here. I have no idea. I would, I mean, I would be on the streets, so. <laughs> or living in a friend's home. I would probably come to your house. Well, and we think about like you, me and Emily, we're supposed to get an apartment. We're supposed to move out yeah. uh, prior to everything happening. And that's been put on hold because not for Emily, but she, you know, is in her own situation. Yeah. Um, and it's been put on hold for us because we currently don't have the means to do it. Last thing I think that you put in here, I don't know if you did or not, but it says that he cut uh, 700,000 people um, off of food stamps. And at a time where people, at where, where unemployment is at its highest, cost of living is so, so crazy. And people got one stimulus check for $1,200. And he's cutting people off of food stamps. That affects children, families. Affects them. It affects kids being able to eat. I didn't think about the kids. Yes, if parents can't afford that. food. Yeah. I mean, I was sad before, but like, oh. Yeah. No, like if, if a parent can't afford food, you know, and with schools not totally being in session now, a lot of, you know, a lot of kids eat lunch at school. Yeah. If they're home and their parents were on food stamps and are now taken off of it, where's that meal coming in? I mean, going into coronavirus, now yeah. we're on that topic, um, <laughs> that goes straight into it. That's basically essentially what we were talking about. Um, I have a Bernie Sanders tweet. I have so many tweets. Um, yeah. Love a Bernie. I love Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> it says, his meaning Trump refusal to develop national pandemic policy based on science has left to widespread confusion and cost us many thousands of lives. I put may, I meant to put many. There we go. I think it's Florida just took away all mask mandates. So you are allowed to go places and not wear a mask and no one can say anything uh, especially we both just looked at that thing with all the rising coronavirus numbers mm -hmm. um the numbers in the u.s in general are on the rise right now because you know lockdown happened mm, april may june and then in july it started getting lifted a little bit and now i can't tell you how many people i see out at restaurants without masks on um going to parties, going to whatever, and just pretending like this isn't still happening because there's no guidance from our government about what to do because they don't believe that there's anything wrong with it. Trump was just at his rally saying that he's immune now. You see that? Where he's like, I'm going to come into the audience and kiss all the men and women. The video that he also posted on Twitter Everything's Twitter. Um, 
where he was like he just come back out of the helicopter and he was like yeah maybe i'm immune you're maybe like immune for like a month or two and then you can just get it again and we don't know how it works yet we've had this for for seven months that we've talked about it acknowledged that it's here we've had this it's been here for longer than that but you know let's just say from the time where you know lockdown started happening around like april may um or march actually was when we started because we had just come back from new york so like march so maybe eight months that's a very small amount of time we don't know how this virus works we don't know if it can and it looks like it might cause lifelong problems we don't know if um once you have it you can just get it over and over again we don't know anything about this we have a very limited knowledge of how this works and the fact that he just says whatever no fact no truth just whatever he thinks at that moment in time how are we supposed to get it under control i don't i don't have an answer for you (laughs) it's a it's a rhetorical (laughs) question but and, and when when you know there's not a mandate for the entire country and places like Florida can say, well, you don't have to wear a mask now. All the people that were already going to Disney World and all that kind of stuff, now they have a reason to not wear a mask and to just do whatever. And so stuff will rise and the people that are going down to Florida to go to Disney World are gonna go back to their home state and spread it there. And it's just gonna continue to get worse and worse unless we put someone in the White House who actually cares, who believes in science, who believes that masks work, who wants this to get better and cares. I guess he's dangling the fact that like he's found the cure because he he got that like special medicine or whatever. You say we can talk about that, how he's a rich man and the president of the United States who got flown to a hospital right away as soon as he had symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas the average person, you or I, I've known people who have had symptoms and have called the hospital and been like, should, should I come in? And they're like, you got to wait till your symptoms get worse. You have to wait till you're not able to breathe. We are not a- afforded that same kind of care. We do not have that option. Yeah. A lot of people don't have health care. They don't have the option to even go to get the care that they need or else they get put in a bunch of debt yeah it's not an option for us it's an option for him to get all these experimental drugs it's it's not he's talking about himself and his uh, himself in his place of privilege and money and power i have on here that he waited till 135,000 americans died until he wore a mask in public um he contracted covid which we talked about Um, And he encourages people to not take it seriously. And then he made fun of Joe Biden for wearing a mask too much in the presidential debates a few weeks back. Um, And there are also, uh, I don't know how factual it is, um, but apparently the Trumps were late to the presidential debate, debate and weren't tested that night. And so people think that it is most likely that they knew that they had it already before the debate and showed up anyway and showed up late so they wouldn't have to get tested and didn't wear masks. Melania was the only one that was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear about that, but that's interesting. All I have for Biden is that he is pretty much pro-mask, uh, universal mask, universal mask mandate 
and then national testing strategy, which I guess is his too. Both of which we very much need. Yeah, there's not much to say about Biden because, I mean, he says that he could, or that he would have a cure, which we don't necessarily know if he would find a cure. Um, but neither of them personally are going to be the ones that find the cure. They're investing, you know, money into the research that's going to find the vaccine eventually. Yeah. We're going to get one either way at some point. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I have to open this because my mouth is dry. I know. That's why I went and got, that was, okay. So when I was taking a while, yeah. I was letting the dogs out, feeding the dogs making tea and getting water <laughs> i was gonna make tea but i was like that's gonna take way too long and then i microwaved the water because i put the kettle on and i was like she's probably wondering where i am i was like <laughs> linda did you die nope just making tea that's fine i i enjoy tea i i approve but here we have our speed round because we did not have enough time to um research all of these um but these are things that oh. i think i I read most of them, um, yeah. and I put them in here because I read short little snippets of each one and each one's stance on these certain topics, but I don't have full-out information on these topics. Yeah. I said topics a lot, but that's, it's a speed round. Um, I don't know how you want to do the speed round until we get to, we're going to get to reproductive rights and then we're going to go back to talking for a while. Um, I don't know if you want to do like one, one person's do I was going to say, do we want to do one person each? You mean like me do Trump and then you do Biden for each? Yeah. Okay, that works for me. So healthcare stance is, or the topic of healthcare is Trump um, wants to get rid of the CARES Act, which is, I'm not going to get into it, never mind. Topic of oh, healthcare. We actually should talk about, should um, for people who are under 26, they want to get rid of the thing that lets you stay on your parents' plan until you're 26. Yeah, which... So, I believe Obama, yeah, Obama put that in place, right? I think so. It's really hard to get that in place, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's why I'm scared of it, because I'm on my parents' health care, and I'm like, And as a 27-year-old who lost their health insurance last year, you want that. Yes. You want that. I'm glad we um, clarified that. I didn't know if I wanted to or not, but I'm glad you yeah. did. Um, and then he is eliminating 20 million Americans from the access of health care. Um, Biden wants a Medicare-like public insurance plan. Economy Trump is uh, tax cuts for corporations and a wealthy uh, trickle-down effect, and then he loves fracking. Biden wants a $15 minimum wage, clean energy jobs, and used to not be for fracking, but is now. Education Trump um, is for private school tax cuts. Biden uh, wants triple funding for low-income schooling and free community college. Foreign policy Trump, um, he basically uh, does whatever Putin wants that I read, and then uh, he wants to put more troops in Afghanistan. Biden wants to host a global summit for allies and bring Afghanistan troops home. Although um, Trump said he wants to bring the troops home by Christmas, so. All right, criminal justice reform Trump is um, stop and frisk uh, mandatory minimum sentences. Biden wants to invest. <laughs> Whoa, investigate. <laughs> 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 yep. Biden wants to investigate police misconduct, shift support from incarceration to prevention. Guns. <laughs> I put Trump and then I just put America. Um, <laughs> he wants to 
<laughs> get rid of gun-free school zones and says nothing about background checks. Um, Biden wants to ban assault weapons and require background checks on all gun sales. Yes, and also to add, he is not banning all guns. Voting rights and campaign reform. Uh, Trump is a strict voter ID laws. Biden wants to restore the Voting Rights Act and overturn Citizens United. Immigration. Trump, um, he has kids in cages and travel bans. Biden uh, is looking for path to citizenship for 11 million undocumented immigrants and travel bans and child separation. Okay, now we're on to reproductive rights. Trump, uh, he wants to defund healthcare and abortion providers, um, support punishment for women who receive abortions. So he's pro-life. Um, and then Pence, there's a quote here that says, I'm pro-life and I don't apologize for it. Um, we'll see Roe Wade um, co-signed to the ash heap of history where it belongs. Get rid of uh, safe and legal abortions is what he wants to do. Meanwhile, Biden uh, protects the right to choose uh, and is pro-choice uh, and wants to cover birth control, which I didn't know. If you want to do the Planned Parenthood, I know that you were you were heated whenever I was talking about it. Yeah, I honestly, I, I just put a bunch of like information directly from Planned Parenthood because I think a lot of people misunderstand what, plan, what Planned Parenthood is and what exactly they do. People view it as something that's just abortions, which is not what Planned Parenthood is at all. I mean, they do, but they do so much more than that. Yeah. Um, so let me just read directly from them. Planned Parenthood uh, as an organization offers help and health care when it comes to abortion, birth control, cancer, consent and sexual assault, emergency contraception, gender identity, general health and wellness, pregnancy, sex and relationships, sexual orientation, and STI and STD testing, just to name a few things. They do offer help when it comes to abortion, but Planned Parenthood is so much more than that. Many of Planned Parenthood's patients have no other accessible health care options. If Planned Parenthood health centers can't provide care for them, nobody will. In fact, in more than 20% of the counties where Planned Parenthood health centers operate, there are no other health care providers who serve patients who rely on safety net providers. If extreme politicians shut down Planned Parenthood, 2.4 million patients would lose access to care. So that statistic earlier, um, where it said a lot of these Planned Parenthood uh, are in, um, it said it was in like... Oh, um, are you talking about Alan West when he said that um, most Planned Parenthood operations are in Black communities? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he gave like a specific number. He was just stating that or did he? Let me look back at it and you can talk if you'd like. Just basically, you know, they provide healthcare options for people who might otherwise have none. And they do, that list is just like some of the things that they do that I pulled from their website. They offer so much as far as general health and like things that surround sex and sex education and we need them available for people to go to. Alan West said that over 70% of Planned Parenthood clinics are located in black communities. I know I talked to you already about like abortion and pro-choice, pro-life, all of that. Um, pro-choice, to be clear, means that everyone, every individual has the right to choose. You being or me being pro-choice may not mean that I'm 
pro-abortion. No one is pro-abortion. Um, it just means that every single person has the right to decide whether or not they have that option. It doesn't mean that if you are pro-choice, you might get one. It just means that if someone else needed to or wanted to, they would have that option there. You can be pro-choice and still care about children, still want children to, to you know, live. You just want the option for people who need it and who want it. All getting rid of legal abortion does is make abortion unsafe. People will go back to getting unsafe, dangerous abortions that could potentially kill the parent as well. Just the, the fact that nobody's excited to get an abortion is a very prominent thing that I think everybody should realize. But I can't like, imagine the process and like... There's trauma that comes along with getting an abortion that nobody seems to talk about. We were also talking about how like I'm pro-choice and I think that people should be allowed to choose whatever they want to do with their life and if they don't have the means to take care of that child then they can do whatever they choose to do. I'm pro-choice but I if I were to get pregnant and not be prepared for that kind of thing um, I would still keep it even though I'm pro-choice, because I have people around me that could help me take care of it. I have health care under my family. And it, there's also the fact that abortion is not just a choice when the child is unwanted. There are times where someone has been raped or someone um, could have severe health complications or even die if they were to carry the baby to term. There mm -hmm. are so many reasons. And it's not your business to know which of those reasons someone is is doing it for. All that matters is they have that right and they have that option. Doesn't mean you have to utilize that right. You don't have to utilize that option, but they get to if they want to. Next topic is very short. Uh, it's religion, uh, which we kind of went over at the beginning. Neither of us are very religious or spiritual, so it's not a big topic on our part, so we didn't do much research into this. Despite my religious beliefs, I don't think religion has a place in politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what religion they are. I don't want them making decisions based on their religion. That's kind of yeah. why I kind of kept it out. Um, yeah. But I know some people care about that for some reason. Um, yeah. So I'll try and do more research, I guess, on it, uh, maybe. Um, but <laughs> apparently Trump is Presbyterian and then Biden is Catholic. Um, I also, I was watching a bunch of videos where people who are Trump fans were saying that he was super religious and that they are voting for him because he's like super religious and like a super great well, guy. <laughs> uh, where in what way exactly that's what I was thinking when I was watching it that's literally all I have for this um <laughs> apparently those are the religions and that's the you have a whole thing on supreme court so yeah. if you'd like to get into that you can yeah, I don't know exactly how to like word or talk about it but basically because Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed uh there is an open spot in the supreme court uh which will either be filled by Trump wants to fill it before he leaves office um, that's a whole other thing where when Obama was president, uh, there was a seat open and a bunch of them said not to fill it because the election was coming up. And now all of these Republicans are saying 
that they want to show it now. So it's going back on everything that they said the last time that it happened. So hopefully it will be filled by whoever uh, wins the election. The Supreme Court decides on a lot of big issues and the presidential candidate typically nominates a Supreme Court justice who um, falls towards their beliefs. So someone Trump uh, has nominated someone who is very conservative, um, very Catholic right wing, which could be um, potentially dangerous to things like Supreme Court justices who are asking for same-sex marriage to be overturned. Um, if there is a, a greater number of more conservative people who believe that it should be overturned, that could become very dangerous for people like me and is very scary. That is something that I've really thought about with the upcoming election is that I want that seat to be filled by someone who is hopefully gonna speak more towards me and that's you know my personal bias and is coming from a place where my, my rights are at stake and I'm a little scared um, but it's a it's something to think about how the next president is going to decide who gets that seat? Yeah, I didn't know that about Obama. I didn't know that there was a seat not filled. I believe it was during his term, uh, unless I'm remembering wrong. But um, Mitch McConnell and then there was another Republican name that I can't remember had said not to fill the seat because there were only so many days until the election. Mm -hmm. And there's even less days till the election now. And now they're saying that they think Trump should be able to fill the seat. So they've gone back on everything that they said and because it benefits them and yep. it benefits their side. And yeah. that's super scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hypocritical. Um, so uh, I just put down some of Amy Coney Barrett's beliefs on abortion. Judge Barrett voted in favor of a law that would have mandated doctors to inform the parents of a minor seeking abortion with no exceptions, which can uh, put that minor in severe danger. There's obviously a reason they're trying to do it without the knowledge of their parents. And it's just not, it, again, pro-choice, you know, you want people to be safe and be able to exercise those rights in a safe way. And that's something that she <laughs> clearly doesn't want. Um, she also called for a state law that sought to ban abortions related to sex race, disability, or life-threatening health conditions to be reheard. So I didn't look into that a ton. Um, I was interested in it, uh, but I didn't have a chance to look at it, but it, it kind of confused me with the wording. I had to read it yeah. several times to understand, yeah. but it's something to know. On the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, Justice Coney Barrett might rule on the Affordable Health Care Act. I don't know why I didn't put more information there. Oh, no, that's okay. I, that's the, that's what I was trying to talk about earlier. Yeah, it's something like that she could potentially landmark. rule on if she does get that seat. Yeah, and get that out, which would affect a lot of Lots people. Lots of people. If she were to be put in place, um, she's the person that Trump wants to nominate, has nominated. Um, she could potentially be the person to rule on that, so that's something to think about. Um, and I think that's overall something to think about. You're not just picking the president. You're picking so much of what our country is going to be for the next four years. And you have to think about so much more than just president. 
Amy Coney Barrett on guns. There is just one ruling on the right to bear arms we can reference from Judge Barrett's records, but it is a controversial one. Gun rights supporters have praised her 37-page dissent in the case of a man who pleaded guilty to mail fraud, served his time, and then challenged state laws that barred him as a felon from owning a gun again. Saying history is consistent with common sense, she argued that the government can only prohibit individuals shown to be dangerous from possessing guns. So to me, that seems like, you know, I personally want more background checks, more care to go into the people that are allowed to have things that can kill people. The quote, history is consistent with common sense, really stood out to me because there's a lot of things in history that do not, do not uh, go along with common sense. There's a lot of things that are a little backwards in history, so yeah, I agree. Pretty much the entirety of American history. Hey, I think you're right. <laughs> this was kind of tying it back to um, the whole should Trump put somebody in there um, right mm. before an election. Kamala Harris, VP to Joe Biden, um, in the VP debates on October 7th, 2020, um, she was talking, she was doing her statement um, and brought up Abraham Lincoln, who um, was up for re-election, and it was 27 days before the election. Um, there was a seat um, that became open in the United States Supreme Court. Abraham Lincoln's party was in charge, um, not only of the White House, but uh, of the Senate. And then she said, but, but Honest Abe said, it's not the right thing to do. The American people uh, deserve to make that decision about who will be um, the next president of the United States. And then the person can select who will serve a lifetime <laughs> on the highest court of our land. Um, and during the debate, Mike Pence did not respond to that. Busy um, having a fly on his head. Yes. <laughs> being racist <laughs> uh yeah we just have final conclusions and then we've gotten through it how exciting um <laughs> we've done it. yeah i said um i'm not sure why i'm just gonna read it yeah um i'm not sure why those uh with the privilege of getting a higher education do not use that platform to care for others and demand change uh that will benefit the country i think voting with care in mind uh, for all citizens and not just yourself, at least, um, is my main priority. Focusing in on uh, what isn't going well in the country at the moment and which candidate uh, you truly think is capable of fixing those issues is the most important. As a member of the LGBT community, I see my own rights at stake as the election approaches. I use my right to vote to speak for myself as well as members of other marginalized communities that I love and stand with and want better for. This election is not just about you as an individual, but about how we can create a better country and community for all of us. Vote. <laughs> Please vote. You didn't write that down, Lena. No, I, I know it. <laughs> I've got that part memorized. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, essentially both of ours is just uh, care for the people around you and vote for the election. <laughs> I mean, we went through... A bunch of different topics with both candidates um so you know maybe you know more than you knew before so that's a good thing i i would highly encourage more research if you have the time to do so i know that deadlines are coming up 
Um, I did have those written down somewhere. I was going to say, do you have the Pennsylvania, at least the Pennsylvania? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I don't, I don't know why they're not there. I swear I put them down. This is specifically in Pennsylvania. Um, make sure that you are registered to vote by October 19th. So if it's October 19th, go uh, request the vote. Um, <laughs> uh, voting by mail, uh, you have to return your ballot soon. Looks like you have to request your ballot by October 27th. Early voting in person, uh, you can start as early as September 28th. Find a location to vote early or vote at a polling place on November 3rd. <laughs> yeah, basically, essentially, go on Facebook and look for the voting center information. And you're good to go? Yeah. And Lana, you have anything else to say? Please vote. Oh. <laughs> That's all. That's it? Please vote. Please vote. Please vote. Please vote. <laughs> I, I say the same thing, and um, I hope that you do your research. If you need any more information, go to the blog. Um, I believe, what did I call it? Uh, the blog is going to be called What You Need to Know to Vote in the 2020 Election. Um, and it'll have all the sources of everything we said. But yeah, we're going to try, I'm going to try and research more into different topics and um, fill that up with more information that is what is than what is going to be on this podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming along, Elena. I was happy to be here. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. And maybe we'll have to do a follow-up with all the other information that I find. Or we can just go deep dive into different topics yes. that are important and things you should care about. I'm ready to talk about everything. I care so much about so many things. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> but I guess uh, I guess uh, this has been the Why Should I Care podcast. The first episode, which I didn't... This has been Why You Should Care about voting <laughs> all right <laughs> and we're we're gonna leave now <laughs> um yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i guess i guess that ends it <laughs> um my name is Dana DeSantis, uh featured guest lena stanick um you can you want to shout out your instagram or anything oh god dippy.egg <laughs> <Boom. laughs> okay um <laughs> most of my social media is either Cure Blogspot or Dana Joe DeSantis. Um, and you can find me there. But yeah, that's the podcast. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start recording it because I.